Yesterday we dealt with sitting and we looked at three ingredients that it takes to sit. And I want to synthesize it briefly for you. That in sitting, the indicator that you are sitting is of God is when there is righteousness to it. There is a rightness to it. There is a peace attached to it. There is joy in it. How do you know that this place where you are sitting, learning of God, waiting on God, is really of God? You will feel that despite the fact that it is not making social sense, it is right. In your heart, you feel it is right. Despite the fact that it does not bring money or does not bring fame, there is peace to it. Despite the fact that it is not acceptable, maybe by professionals or whoever they are, there is joy to it. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, that is the kingdom of God. But tonight, I want us to look at walking. Because when a man stands now to take a journey, he begins to walk. How does the pattern of the cross operate in the place of walking? A man who finished his walk will give us the starting point. We see it in 2 Timothy, I believe chapter 4, verse 7. The Bible says, I have fought, underline the word fought, I have fought a good fight. I have finished, underline the word finished, my cause. I have kept, underline the word kept, the faith. Three things. Paul began by fighting. After fighting, he had to finish. After finishing, he had to keep. These are the three things I want to use as we run through the Bible. Begin walking slowly, my brother. Just straight. Walk slowly straight. As a man is walking on the path who is Jesus, there will be three things he has to be careful about. He has to be careful to fight, but to fight a good fight. He has to be careful to finish that journey, but to finish it to the end. He has also to make sure by the time he finishes, he has kept the faith. He has not lost the faith. Walk backwards slowly. I want to use three examples of the men who fought, the men who finished, and the men who kept. And I will quote uh, Exodus 33 from verse 7. The Bible gives us an example of Moses, how every day he woke up, he had to take a journey to the tabernacle. And this is what I want you to understand by the grace of God. Every day Moses is taking that journey, verse 8 going down tells us the people on this side and the people on that side, they could stand until he had passed. As Moses is walking in the midst of them, they are watching him. Some are so privileged because this prophet has brought them manna. This prophet has brought them water in the desert. This prophet has done the miracles. Others like that, uh, Korah and his friends, are plotting and hating and, and strategizing how to oppose him. 
The man keeps walking every day. Goes to the tabernacle, back to his tent. Goes to the tabernacle, back to his tent. For 40 years, Moses is walking in the midst of two oppositions. Two people. One group is planning how to end his leadership. Another group is celebrating his leadership. All these were dangerous things. Because to begin to engage with those who oppose him will waste his time. And to begin to engage with those who love him will give him pride. Are you listening to me? You are walking every day. But as you are walking, there are people clapping and shouting. Some are even fainting with joy because they are seeing the great prophet. But another group is saying, when will this fool step out of this position? We want to take over. Every day in your walk, there will be the admirers, but there will be the haters. You have to keep to your work. Moses begins from his tent and he walks towards the tabernacle and on the left, they are the haters. On the right, they are the admirers. And the man of God does not look left, he does not look right. But as he's walking daily, faithfully for 40 years, Moses is carrying a cross. And he does not know he's carrying a cross. But the cross keeps him going. Now remember, the day he began to listen to the murmurings of the people and to get angry, what happened? He was disqualified from the promised land. The day he began to say, you rebels, must we take water from you from the rock? And he hit the rock because he was responding to the murmuring. He was responding to the doubters. That was the beginning of the end for Moses. Next time he's walking and he hears Miriam and Aaron, you know, complaining about his wife. And complaining about this Ethiopian woman he has married. And he turns to attend to this. Before they knew it, the Bible says, Miriam received a spit from God. She became leprous. And the Bible says the journey was suspended for several weeks. People of God. This walk requires sobriety. This walk requires sobriety. This walk requires deafness to the left, deafness to the right. This walk requires you not to give in to the haters or to give in to the admirers, but to see the prize at the end. I fear those who praise me in the same way I fear those who hate me because all of them are on my left, they are on my right. They are not before me. I fear such. And Joshua now is told, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Neither shall you turn left, nor turn to the right, but walk straight. Because you have a boss, you have a mentor, you have a father, you have a role model who looked to the left, who looked to the right, and he did not make it. So the people are cheering on this side. Others are murmuring on this side. And the man of God for 40 years has to walk in their midst. He has to walk from his house to his workstation. He has to walk from his tent to the tabernacle. Every day Moses has to do the trip going. Read the Bible. The Bible says even in the evening as Moses is walking back, the people had to stand and watch him pass. 
And as he is passing, remember he's a prophet. And one of the graces a prophet has is to pick motives and the issues in the hearts of people. You don't have to lie to a prophet. If he's a true prophet, he will pick it. So Moses knows that man over there, ay, 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 that one is even planning to go and run me down. He's planning to sabotage me. And the other lady over there, ah, that one is the one gossiping about me. The Bible says Moses kept walking straight to his tent, back again in the morning to his tabernacle, back again to the tent for 40 years. That was his rhythm. Only that one day he began to listen to people who do not matter. He began to listen to people who have no future. He began to listen to those who did not know God. Somebody can be as senior as he wants to be to you. Somebody can be as elderly as he wants to be. Somebody also can be as dear to you as he wants to be. But the moment you are carrying this cross and he's calling you and telling you to turn this way and to attend to this gossip, Attend to this disgust. Attend to this, this word. Attend to that. My brother, my sister, you are already losing the grip on your path. The Bible says, and Enoch walked with God. Did he have a wife? We are not told. Enoch walked with God. Did he have children? We are not told. Enoch walked with God. Did he have a career? We are not told. Enoch walked. And all we know about Enoch, he walked. Genesis chapter 5. I don't care. And I say this publicly. I don't care how much murmuring is going on the left. I don't care how much admiration is going on the right. I don't care. There is one journey and I have only one chance to walk it. One time I'm preaching away out of this city. And it was my last sermon after two weeks of being in that field. And I told the people, kneel down. And they knelt down. Look straight. They look straight. Now rise up on your marks. Get ready. I told them, you have only one chance to step out. You will think that after five years, you may get a chance to look back. You may get a chance to review. You may get a chance to reconsider. But once you step out, you step out. Before you know it, you have to say like Paul, ah, there was a, a journey to, to run. I ran, but I didn't finish. Or I ran, and I finished. There was a fight. Oh, it got nasty, and I got discouraged. Oh, it got nasty, and I got a bit overwhelmed. There is only one chance to step out on that track. Paul now says, hey, every athlete, every, every person who, who goes to, you know, goes to competition, does not just run like that. All of them train to win. There is a training, but there is a training to win. To win, the left must be neglected. The right must be neglected. Only the prize of glory must be looked at. Only the prize of glory must be aimed for. Moses has to walk between these people. And my brother, my sister, it was not easy. It was not easy. Because anything that made his attention to take, you know, to step out of the tabernacle, to attend to it, was equal to the people being delayed. He has about three million people in total is leading. And one little sister called Miriam can cause them to be delayed for weeks. 
He has three million people to, to lead. And one little group called the Korah and his group can contaminate him till he has to go and bury them by a miracle. God, Moses had issues. So do you. But you have Jesus. Paul says, there was a fight. And I did not run away from it. I fought it. Paul says, there was a cause. It was like a straight line written, Paul, 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 Paul to the end. Paul says, I finished it. Then there was an, an item called faith that had to be preserved. I preserved it. These three makes or constitutes the totality of a Christian's journey. The things you have to fight. Now, let me go to Jesus briefly. I love it in um, Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, we see the Lord Jesus there. We see the Lord Jesus in Luke 11 being praised by a certain woman. My God, women can praise, ask me. Now, being praised by a certain woman. And verse 27 says, And it came to pass, as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Oh, blessed is the womb that bear thee and the paps that thou sucked. But he said, Ye rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. 29. And when the people were gathered thick, People are now gathering. People are gathered thick. He began to say, this evil, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign and there shall not be a sign given it, but the sign of Jonah, the prophet. Jesus is being praised, but when he turns, he's rebuking. How sober a man. Tell your neighbor, be like Jesus. The person praising him, he, he lumps her over together with the rest and he says, this evil generation. Oh, I love Jesus. But to be like Jesus, you have to prepare to be radical. You have to be prepared to be out of your mind once in a while. Because whatever praises you may be the devil. And you need to say, Satan, you are the devil no matter how much you praise me. A friend of mine went to a certain church to preach. And when he entered, a certain woman said, hey, you are too strong. My God, you are strong. He said, shut up. Glory to Jesus. Little did he know after one hour of preaching, this woman will be brought to the front for deliverance. So the demon is busy praising him so that the demon can make peace. God punished the devil. The man said, glory to Jesus. Next time he's walking to another church. Another. Now this time I think it was the man of God. The man of God said, oh my God, you are so anointed. You are full of power. He said, glory to Jesus. Little did he know the man of God was busy living in deep immorality. And he wanted to cover. The demons in him wanted to cover his eyes. There is a starting point called the Alpha. His name is Jesus. There is an ending point called Omega. His name is Jesus. You start with Jesus. You finish with Jesus. Leave people alone. 
Some of them praising you will not be there at the finishing line. Some of them hating on you will not be at the finishing line. Leave people alone. And many are still in bitterness, not because of the of Jesus, but because of people. Many are full of pride, not because of Jesus, but because of people. Many have things they should not be having, whether it is jealousy or envy or confusion because of people. People who may not be at the finishing line. Imagine, after this declaration in, uh, you know, Second Timothy chapter 2, the next verse says, Demas has left me. Paul says, I've finished the rest. Me, I've finished. But verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Paul has been left alone with the people he had begun with. This journey requires sobriety. This journey requires you to be totally, totally determined. That no matter what, you shall finish to the end. You shall not be distracted. You shall not give in to the, to the admirers. Nor shall you give in to the haters. You shall keep your eye on the prize. So I will summarize what I'm saying to this side called I have fought. The fight is a good one because it involves chopping off the admirers, as well as the haters. You keep fighting. You keep chopping. You keep cutting off. Paul says this now in Ephesians chapter 2. And I will read very fast. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of his disobedience. Paul is saying initially these people used to walk according to the world. The first battle for you to walk, you have to walk away from the world. You have to fight against the people in the world, against the demons in the world. You have to walk away from the world. You have to make sure the world is not distracting you. It is not giving you any attention, neither are you giving it any attention. You have to decide. I used to walk like this in the world. I will not walk again like I used to walk in the world. That is the fight you have to fight. Moses fought it and he won. You can also fight it and win. Say amen. I was in a period of fasting and prayer, meeting Jesus almost on a daily basis. The fellowship was good. Till the devil came up with a plan that beat me fawning. What was the plan? A man of God came and told me, Ah, if you continue like this, eh, 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 you will go nuts. You will lose it. Already my brother, the way I'm seeing, you have lost it. All I'm asking you, Jesus, when I ask you this, Jesus, when I ask you this, Jesus, already you cannot even tell me what is going on in our republic. Man of God, you are losing it. Come back, come back, come back. Begin watching a movie. Watch a movie. Come back, come back, come back. And he cleaned me and he sanctified me and he made me feel good before I know it. The adventure I was having with Jesus lifted. That was two or six. 
2013, I am having encounters again. Me with Jesus. Me with Jesus. Me with Jesus. Suddenly, what began going around? The man is succumbing to depression. Let us go and help him. And the people saying that are not your ordinary Christians. These are men and women of God, anointed by fire. They came to my house, gave me a pep talk about depression. And they told me, no, 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 no. no. It doesn't mean now you close the windows and the door. This is a sign you are having depression. But I'm like, no, I have had encounters. Jesus has appeared to me. And I began to narrate to them. They said, no, you are having a mental breakdown. Come down from your pedestal. Meet reality. Once again, I gave in. And I lost that window that was working so beautifully. What was going on? They were telling me this is how they walk in the world. This is how we walk in the world. Don't be too much. Don't fight too hard by running away from the world. Don't chase it too intensely. And I listened. And there is a precious blessing that was waiting. Which I missed. And when I discovered, oh God, I've missed it. I made a vow that drives me to death. I say, Lord, next time they are giving me any microphone, Jesus. Anytime they are giving me a platform, Jesus. Any prayer I'm told to pray, Jesus. Anything, Jesus, Jesus. If they hate me for that, I'd rather be hated. This world wants your love. Okay? This world wants your love. This world wants your affection. This world wants your company. Oh God, this world wants your laughter and your cooperation. This world wants your attention. And anytime you give this world the attention, what you are doing, the good fight is being lost. Oh, young people should not do this too much. Young people should turn it down. Young people should not, they should, they should not, uh, you know, get in the prayer mountain too much. I remember my brother telling me when I was a teenager, you do not even have a fashion sense. All you know is fasting and prayer. Look at you. You don't know even fashion. Look at the kind of clothes you are wearing. You look like a pilgrim. And he was honest. He was true. It is true, I was thin, I was shapeless because of too much fasting. And the world was telling me, please, give us attention, please, just take your eye from that, come here, come here. And the world begged me all my teenage life. Oh, those days I was more crazy, so I didn't give in. I didn't give in. I remember the week before I began the fasting that made me meet Jesus. I went to my bishop. I told him, Bishop, uh, I'm planning to go for fasting. How many days? I told him this number of days. He told me, but you'll die. My child, you'll die. Sit down, sit down, sit down. This is how people die. You know, even so and so, he went fasting like that. And he gave me an obituary after obituary. Thank God for stubborn faith. I said, I want to die. By the grace of God, the third week, Jesus had appeared. I did not die. Oh, of course, I died to the flesh. <laughs> but I did not die, 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 like the bishop was saying, I will die. Let me tell you something. The world wants your friendship. 
And the world will come through the most oblivious people. The world will come through your brother. The world will come through your spouse. The world will come through your children. The world will even come through your prophet or your apostle or whoever you trust. The world will always say, please, give me attention, please. Attention, attention, please, please. And the world will always tell you, please look at me. Don't, don't, don't run away from me. Come back, come. One time I met a friend of mine. I told him, do you know what has happened to you? So I gave him a parable. Suppose something is so lovely and so persuasive. What do you do with it? He told me, but you attend to it. You reason with it. You even, you even get time to know it. I told him, now my brother, listen. When you went abroad, you began to look at that society. And you began to analyze it. And you began to listen more to what was going on in that society. And the more you attended to that society, the more something was happening you began to fall in love with that society. And I told him, do you know what, my brother? That society is called the world. And right now, the spirit of God is not in you. It is the love of the world that is in you. This was a man who could fast like chua, three days dry without blinking. This was a man who could hear God. This was a man who used to fall into visions. Now, all he can talk about are the shares of Google and Facebook and the business, whatever that is happening in Israel. The man was a tongue twister of the world. He could arrange the world and disarrange it. Why? He had fallen in love with the world without knowing. And even began to persuade me how we can buy shares in Google because he has bought shares in Google. It is not bad, but when you are doing it out of affection, out of loyalty, as if you'll be, you'll win bonga points. My brother, you are in trouble. So Paul says, I have fought. But it was a good fight. And he writes about it in Ephesians chapter 2. That previously, you are walking in the world. Do not walk there anymore. Walk straight. What does it mean to walk in the world also? The Bible says, the same Ephesians, you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince and the power of the year, according to the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You walked there. The Lord is whispering to me, one of the ways people can walk in the world is through obeying their culture and their traditions. Behind every culture, I usually say, and some of you know, behind every culture there is a God Behind that God, there is a spirit. Oh, we must name after so-and-so. So even if so-and-so was wicked, even if he was a prostitute, even if he was a fool, a failure, you must name after so-and-so. Behind so-and-so was a spirit. One of the ways why, one of the reasons why Africa is still in bondage is because of our traditions. Because behind our traditions are gods we do not have an idea about. And we name in the name of those gods without knowing. We dress in the name of those gods without knowing. We eat according to the dictates of that god. My, I have a cousin who used to tell me, ah, my brother, when you are chopping onions or tomato and it falls down, leave it. Our grandfathers will eat. <laughs> and he used to do it faithfully. He could make sure he must chop and leave some to fall. He was no different from the man who was libation. Or a drink. What was he doing? He was following the course of the world. 
when my mom died and we buried her, a grandfather of mine came and he was asked, so we are going to do this and this by the grave. And he says, but I attend PAG. Then he was asked, are you really, really, really a Luo? Oh, I am Luo, 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 I am Luo. Meaning, please have me, take me home where I belong. Through your traditions, you tie yourself to the world. And before you know it, the rest becomes heavier. The spirit departs. The grace just departs. Before you know it, you are heavier than you can walk. Jesus now says you cannot serve two masters at the same time. You will one, you will find yourself loving one, hating the other, or hating one, loving the other. You can only serve one master at a time. And I've seen people in love with the world. A man who must at one point identify with his tribe. A man who at one time must identify with his genes and his family and all these things. Paul says now in um, in Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, be careful, like uh, Dr. Mlongo was saying on Sunday, be careful against endless genealogies. Do no endless genealogies. Oh, so-and-so was the descendant of so-and-so and the descendant of so-and-so. Now me, I am related to this one. You know, uh, this tribe are the lost tribes of Israel. Let me tell you. Because according to genealogy, this and this and this. Paul says, these things do not build us in faith. When you have pride about your genealogy, where is Jesus? When you have pride about your family tree, where is the tree of David? Where is the root of Jesse? Where is Jesus? You meet Luos, they are convinced they are the lost Jews. You meet Kikuyus, they are convinced they are the lost Jews. You meet Yorubas in Nigeria, they are convinced they are the lost Jews. They are people who have dedicated millions of dollars just to prove the Jewish connection. Nobody has time to prove the Jesus connection. The only connection that saves. How foolish can people be? All those genealogies, they are still the world. You have to depart from them. It is the fight you have to fight. Some of you are finding it hard to respond to ministry and to the will of God for your life because in your family, nobody takes the microphone to preach. In your family, nobody prays from morning to evening. In your family, nobody goes dry and angry for weeks. In your family, nobody does too much church. What is happening? You are yet to fight the good fight of running from the world. I'm not saying all of you now go crazy. If you're going crazy, we'll do deliverance on you. I'm saying, hey, there is a world. It wants you to walk. And it does not want you to stay. Just wants you to walk. Just walk here. Just walk there. Don't stay. Just walk. Just walk. And the world will keep you busy. Keep you busy. <laughs> I have seen people who thought every day they will be going to treasury to work from five to eight till they were fired. And the world came crashing. And some of them developed stroke. Others developed pressure. Others developed I don't know what. And when you went to pray, nothing happened. Why? They were being rewarded for their work. 
if you want some people to be sick, just snatch that ritual. Call their 8 to 5 ritual of going to work. Snatch that ritual of going to taskies to shop. Snatch that ritual of fueling their car, maybe at BP or Oil Libya. Snatch that ritual. And by the time you let them be on their feet, they cannot walk. Why? They were busy being sucked and being milked and being nourished by the world. There are preachers who preach about 666. 666 is not the issue. The issue is the spirit behind 666. The system behind 666. Where you are so dependent on buying and selling, the Lord is not your provider. Are you hearing me? You are so dependent on whether you will have the power to buy and sell. Without selling and buying, my brother, you feel like you will fry and die. You should fear that more than that thing they call 666. The Bible says the spirit is now operating in the sons of disobedience. It is a spirit that is driving them. It is a spirit that is controlling them. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. Previously, I was a Pharisee. Previously, I had a name. Previously, I had a position. But I fought out from it and Jesus became my all in all. Later on, he says, not I, but Christ who lives. No other life do I now live apart from the life that Christ lives in me. You have to come there. You don't have to be an apostle to come there. You don't have to be a prophet to come there. You just have to decide, I want to walk this walk and I have to finish it to the end. The next thing Paul says, I have finished my course. And we see this beautifully now in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1 talks about, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy, you walk worthy of the vacation where you are called. Put it in NIV for those who need to understand. I therefore the prisoner, put it in NIV. I, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Paul is saying there is a calling but this calling must be walked. I've said it before, till some of you are almost getting used to it, but I beg you, listen with your heart, will you? Will you listen with your heart? We spend many times, many years, getting ready for our professions. But rarely do people tell us to get ready for our calling. Some of you spent six years getting ready to have a profession. Others spent eight. Others spent four. Others spent two. Others spent one. And for those who have never spent it, they feel like they are losers. Little do they forget that there is a profession, but there is a calling. There is a vocation. How can you walk? You fight the world. You fight the good fight. Turn away from the world. Turn away from the admirers. Turn away from the haters. Turn away from those traditions. Next, take up your calling and pursue it. Paul is saying, I urge you, put it in King James, I urge you to walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your calling. Walk worthy of your calling. There is a walk of the calling. What is a calling? Samuel is told, Samuel, Samuel. He went to Eli. Did you call me? No. 
Again, he goes back. Samuel, Samuel. He goes back to Eli. Did you call me? No. Samuel, Samuel. Eli perceived this guy is hearing the Lord. And he told him, when he calls you, say, Lord, speak for your servant is hearing. Is he a servant already? No. Not in the sense that people can recognize. Are you hearing me? The fact that he can just hear the voice of God already makes him a servant. The fact that God can speak and he can hear Samuel with his own ears already makes him a servant. I know you are yet to hold the mic, but can you hear God? Already you are a servant. God can still speak. And before the heavens, you will be carrying the cross as a servant. Samuel, Samuel, oh, he's yet to do a crusade, but he's already a servant. Samuel, Samuel, he's yet to raise the dead, but he's already hearing the voice. He is a servant. Your calling begins with your hearing. Never forget that. And it ends with your hearing. The day you stop hearing is the day you stop being called. What was the problem with Eli? Eli is so blind, he's so deaf. The more God is speaking to him by the prophets, the more he keeps dozing on his seat and not hearing the urgency. What was the problem with Saul, the king? The problem with Saul is that Samuel tells him, listen to the voice of the words of the Lord. And he did not listen. The moment he stopped listening, he stopped reigning. Your calling is not about the microphone. Your calling is not about the miracles. Your calling is not about the, 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 the flamboyance. Your calling is about, did you hear the voice of God? When you are reading that Bible, did something touch your heart? When you are in that place of prayer, did you hear? <laughs> Matthew 10, the Bible says, he called to him his 12. And immediately the same verse says, and he appointed them to be his apostles. By the virtue that they were called. And they said, yes, sir. And they responded. That made them apostles. We have put a premium on activity till we do not have intimacy. We have put a premium on man of God. So, uh, we hear you are an apostle. How many conferences are lined up? You know, how many seminars are you going to? How many crusades are you doing? And we have forgotten. It is all in the hearing. Can you hear his heartbeat? Can you hear his voice? My sheep hear my voice. My sheep listen to me. My sheep, my sheep must listen. My sheep must hear. My sheep must obey my voice. It is all in the voice. Every day you wake up, provided the voice is coming through, be assured, though you have not held the microphone, you have already begun activating your calling. You have already begun to prosper in your calling. The greatness of Samuel was not when he anointed David. The greatness of Samuel was when he was able to lie down like everybody else was lying down in the land and to hear the voice and to respond to that voice. The foolishness of Saul was in having an anointing, an authority, a throne, eh? a kingdom, yet when God speaks, he cannot listen, he cannot act on what he hears. I wish the whole church was here. I will rebuke many people. I will tell them, listen, do not tell us about your career. Tell us about your years. 
Do you hear God? Why are some people in trouble? Why are some people starving? Because the person to hear God and to obey God has not obeyed. There are people who are jobless because their employer is yet to hear God. There are children who are orphans because somebody is yet to hear God and to step in. They are even, God punish the devil. There are people who are still bachelors because God bless my neighbor. Now moving on. <laughs> oh, la, 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 ba, shanda. Somebody speaking in tongues. Now moving on. <laughs> I had a cause, Paul says. It was written my name. One time we are, I'm receiving a prophet in my office where I was working. Beautiful man. He came to my office and he began talking to me. And when he opened his eyes in the spiritual realm, he saw a huge well written my name. And the Lord says, this is your calling in this season. To drill the well of wisdom. When the well of wisdom is finally done, you will begin to scoop it and give it to people and to the nations of the world. Till then, keep drilling. But it is written in your name. And the name was written there. Every one of you has an assignment, but it begins with your ears. You know, I really wish it was me sitting down so that somebody can be speaking to me like I'm speaking to you. Because blessed are those who hear more than even those who speak. The Bible says rush to hear because there is a blessing in hearing more than even in speaking. I know you are in that office, but can you hear God? Good. Can he speak to you tomorrow? Oh, even next week he's still speaking. My God, you have a calling. You have a right to say, I am your servant, Lord, because I hear you. Service is not in the doing. It is in the being. Are you in that place where the Lord can speak? Are you in that place where his voice can reach you? Oh, my brother, my sister. Mm, you are a servant. And I fear people who hear God because one message from that mouth of theirs that they keep shutting can bring me to my knees. It can bring me to nothing. Or it can take me to the skies. I am in this church because somebody here had God. Much of what I, I have is because somebody had God. I am a product of the hearing of God. And I, oh Jesus, I, I pity congregations that puts a premium on activity, not on intimacy. My sister Joyce, do you think that when God has rejected Eli, he was not still doing his thing in the temple. My God, he was busy. Oh, the temple was still smoking with mtura and all these things they used to fry. It was busy. Business as usual, they call it. <laughs> he, you find a mlolongo of people, like now some of you need to do the mlolongo of uh, Udumanamba. You find a mlolongo longer than Udumanamba. 
God punish if I be a prophet. <laughs> God punish the devil. You find a lot of people coming and there was activity and activity and activity. Yet God had departed. God had gone. Why had he gone? The people were active but not intimate. They were doing but not hearing. Paul now says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I love how he puts it, for I have received from the Lord what I also gave unto you. The Lord Jesus on the night when he was crucified. Paul physically was not there like John and the rest, but he had received the same revelation like as if he was there. I repeat again, you are the greatness of your service is in your hearing. How much can you receive from the Lord? How much can you perceive from the Lord? And listen to me, people. Do anything that it takes just to hear God. Travel to any distance it will take just to hear God. Contact whoever you can contact just to hear God. I need to repent because there were days part of my monthly budget was going towards men who hear God. Oh, you are in Akuru, I'll follow you there. Oh, you are in the United States and I need to Skype and I don't have internet. I will buy the bundles just to chase you. I used to be so much in love with men who hear God. I used to spend money on those who hear God because hearing him is the real deal. Paul had a line, he had a course. It had a beginning, it had an end. He said, guys, I may not be dead already, but this thing, I think I have finished it. That was not pride. That was intimacy. To know that you had this assignment and you have finished it is not pride. It is a sign that you are intimate with the Lord. He's showing you secrets. He's revealing to you depths that others do not know. Many of you are worried that, oh, I have not saved enough money in the account. Oh, I have yet to buy this piece of property. Oh, I am yet to put this list to de this deal of the list to, to, to a conclusion. Oh, you are worried about things that will not save you, nor save your children. Yet, if only you specialized in hearing God, one voice can tilt you a hundred years ahead of everybody. One time I'm so stranded. I think it was um, 2016. So stranded. No, nowhere to go preach. No one even visiting me to fellowship. My best friend has left for the United States. Me, I'm just there. I can't even pay rent. And I remember going to a meeting led by a woman who hears God. And I sat down. And I was promised before the year ends, you will have met God. Something will have happened to you. And I was thinking maybe some, some, somebody will come with a fat envelope, give me something, you know. Of course, I'm human. I am in the spirit, but I'm still human. <laughs> and I was waiting for that gig. I was waiting for that, you know, physical kickback. And I waited. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe the letter may come that will just tell me finally this and this has happened to you. Maybe the house I've been waiting to own, somebody will just walk in with a certificate of ownership. And I waited. <clears throat> it is December 23rd, 31st. 
nothing has happened. And that, that night, I remember I had only 10 shillings, uh, 110 shillings. So I decided to walk all the way from Jamuri where I was staying to town, towards town. And because I wanted to save the 100, but adventure, I go to church and people need to give and I have to give something. I sat down and I waited because all I could do is wait. And it is one hour to midnight and I'm like, Lord, you told me before this year ends. Lord, here, here it is. And I'm looking at my neighbor, he looks broke, so I don't expect anything from him. <laughs> I'm looking at this other neighbor, he looks broke. I'm like, Lord, how will it happen? And this brings the point home that it is all in the hearing God. The Lord told me, be the last to take your offering in front. Now, don't copy me unless you have had God. <laughs> be the last to take your offering. And I was putting on my jeans, my t-shirt, my kofia, and I sat there with some dirty shoes. And I waited for them to go, and they went, they went, they went, they went. When it was my turn, I began walking. Suddenly, the servant of God screamed, Hey! There is somebody walking in there. Can you see him? Can you see him? Look at this man. Come here, come here, come here, come here. And for the next two hours, the church came to a standstill. The Lord was operating on me. The Lord was ministering to me. In that crowd was the man who will give me my future car. And he was watching this drama saying, ah, I need to go and meet this, this young man after this. And that is how my life began to change. Not because I did anything but because I had God. And I also met another person who has God. And one of those days I'm going now for Kesha in that place. And my brother told me, hey, I had on 31st things happened. Why are you still going for Kesha? So you sit here and we watch this movie. In fact, we are watching the blacklist. My God, let us watch this thing. <laughs> and I went to church, nevertheless. Money has not come, so I have to walk. And I go to this cashier, we leave at two, we come back home. One of those days, the servant of God told me, the Lord is showing me, and I'm hearing it clearly. You are about to overtake every person who had gone ahead of you. The Lord did not lie. Up to now, I stand here, he has not lied. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel had it. And Eli tells him, now, by the virtue that you are hearing, it makes you a servant. Samuel, rise up and be the servant. Bible school will not make you the servant, though it is good. Anointing oil being poured on you will not make you the servant, though it is good, it has its place. Hearing the Lord and sitting around those who hear him will be your shortcut to the top. And I have vowed by the grace of God never to lose track of those who hear God. Never to fool around with those who hear God. One minute they may say it is over and my brother it is over. One minute they may say it is done and my brother it is done. <laughs> to finish this thing call your cause. You need to begin by hearing. You need to continue by hearing. You need to finish by hearing. Paul knows because he has heard that he has finished. Paul does not have like a duty roster. Okay? He does not have a Google map. 
that, hey, I had 33 countries. I have done 33 out of 33. Paul does not have a register. He only has the voice of God. The voice that told him, rise and preach. And the voice that tells him, now you are finished. It is all in the voice. It is not in the work. As long as the Lord tells me, keep holding the mic here, I will keep holding it. I don't care about the months. I don't care about the years. I care about the voice that told me, hold this mic. When the same voice tells me, release it back, I will release it. Even if people go to the streets of Koinange or Kimadi to protest, I will release it. Because my beginning was in the earring that take the mic. My ending shall be in the earring that release back the mic. Why does Paul finish? Because he heard it is finished. Why does Paul start? Because he hears he should start. It begins with the hearing. It continues with the hearing. Finally, to save time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now you understand why the Bible is so beautiful when read in the Spirit. Now you understand, for those of you who are Bible students, why Ephesians 4 is the one in verse 11 which talks about apostles and prophets. Because it opens by saying, walk, walk worthy of the vacation where it ye are called. The same chapter now captures the famous Ephesians 4.11 that talks about the fivefold ministries the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, but it began by our walk. But the walk was initiated by our hearing. Let me, I wish I could sit down just to make you understand these things, or I wish I could dance or twist myself, but I hope you are hearing me. Peter becomes an apostle not because he went through an exam, but because he was told, Peter, and he said, yes, come. See it, you are an apostle. Paul begins to be an apostle. Why? Paul, I have appeared to you. You will do my will. And later on, Ananas also hears Jesus, tells him, Paul, the Lord has chosen you. You are now going to serve him. He served because he had, he has been told to serve. Tell your neighbor, prioritize hearing. So the other day you are a fisherman. Today you are an apostle. Wait, wait, wait. Where is your certificate of orientation? Where is your good conduct? <laughs> Where is your ID? Oh, I had. You had. You had. That is all. That is all. Later on, Peter is now writing. He's saying, I am about to die as I have been shown. I am about to end it all as I have been shown. He began by being shown. He finishes by being shown. Close your eyes briefly. Lord, we pray. As we have begun hearing you, may we continue to hear you. May we finish in hearing you. Let us esteem your words and esteem your voice all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, so that you can go home. Finally, in chapter 5, Paul talks about verse 2. But you can begin from verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God. Followers mean those who walk with God as their children. Verse 2. And walk in love. And walk in love. And walk 
in love. Later on, he writes, uh, previously had written actually in, uh, in, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, that now therefore these three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest is love. Paul is now gearing to finish. He has conquered the world. He has understood his calling. He has had the calling God has for him. Now he's tightening it up with faith. He says, now I have fought. I have finished. I have kept the faith. But this faith, how was it kept? It was kept in the company of three. It was kept by love and by hope. What is the summary we take home tonight? We take a summary in verse 2, in chapter 2 of the world, overcoming the world. We take a summary tonight in verse 4, in, I mean in chapter 4, of hearing for our calling. We take a summary in chapter 5 that now talks about relating in love. Allow me to give you a very heartbreaking, not heartbreaking, heart-touching story. Not story, but visitation a man of God had. I love these people who have gone to heaven and all. They inspire me. So there's a man of God who was taken to heaven. Not just through natural means. He died physically. They were even preparing to bury him. And he went to heaven. So he enters heaven and he stands before Jesus. And before he stands before Jesus, there was a line of those who are going ahead, meeting Jesus, and they were being given a simple verdict. And the verdict was, form, was in the form of a question. Did you learn to love? And the first person to step in front was a, a certain black woman. And with her were several like thousands of angels. And this woman stood before Jesus and she was asked, did you learn to love? And the woman said, yes, Lord, I loved you. And I went and reached out for the souls. And I talked to them about you. And the Lord Jesus told this man of God, this was a faithful evangelist. Suddenly, the heart of Jesus opened like a door. Sure, sure. I hope now you are understanding when he says in John, I think chapter 10. No, chapter 20. I am, no, chapter 10. I am the door of the sheep. I am the gate of the sheep. So these people stand before Jesus and his heart opens. Wah, wah. And then immediately they walked right into his heart and they disappeared in him. The Lord said, welcome to glory. The next person came in front of Jesus and the same question was asked. Did you learn to love? He said, Lord, I loved you. How did you learn to love? The Lord the, 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 the person responded, but I loved you, 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 you. I loved you. How did you love me? But my, I only loved you. But what about your neighbor? No, it is you I loved. The Lord told her now, step aside. And the angels escorted her to outer darkness. And the Lord said, she did not love me completely because she did not love my people. She did not reach out to my people. Another woman stepped forward and she was asked, did you learn to love? She said, Lord, I loved you. What were you doing? Since I became a widow, I stayed in church and I prayed, but I was full of bitterness. The Lord told her, mm -mm, that was not love. Step aside. The angels took her 
to the outer darkness. The next young girl came and she was asked, did you learn to love? She said, yes, Lord, I learned to love you. How did you love me? When I became a cripple and deaf and mute and I was paralyzed for 12 years, I was bedridden. But I kept interceding for your servants. I kept praying for your church. That is all I could do. Lord, I wish I could do more. The heart of the Lord opened. The Lord said, welcome to glory. And the heart shut and the girl disappeared. The man of God next stepped forward and he was told, did you learn to love? And he said, yes, Lord, but I'm not worthy to be here. I've not finished my assignment. The Lord told him, you are a prophet. But the problem with you, anytime you prophesy and they question you, you begin to be discouraged. Forgetting you are not speaking your words, you are speaking my words. Whether they fail or not, they are not your words, they are my words. And the Lord said, because of my grace, go back and finish your assignment. The wife of this man who was relating this story says, after 70 years, when this man was about to die, physically, though he's unconscious, he used to, you know, he was fighting to give prophetic messages. And he, anytime he came out of unconsciousness, he could tell the wife, write this and make sure this message reads so and so. And for three days, the man was working day and night, giving messages, interceding, and making sure people get their prophetic words and people get direction from God. Why? He was fighting to keep the faith but fighting through love. The Bible says faith works through love. Paul has ran away from the world. Paul has responded to his calling. Now Paul is urging us in chapter 5. We have to love. And he says here, the most obvious thing many of you have quoted and you have listened to, in verse 24, the Bible says, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Verse 25, Husbands, love your wives. Verse 28, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. And Paul continues to give instruction to every category. Why? Yesterday I told you something that I I pray you shall really never forget. I told you, by the grace of God, when the Bible begins arranging things in a certain way, do not ignore that arrangement. When the Bible begins in chapter 2 by saying, you used to walk in the world, now walk like this. Then after chapter 4, now it says, you have to walk worthy of your calling. Then chapter 5, it finishes by saying, walk in love. There is a reason why. What is the reason? A man can struggle with the world. A man can even fail his calling. But if a man is devoted totally to love, the world will not be an issue. His calling will not be an issue. Love wins any day. Many are busy working. They have forgot to love. Many are busy pursuing their calling. They have forgotten to love. And as we finish tonight, I want to ask you people, how much are you walking in love? It is in Galatians, I wish I had time to get it, where the Bible says, faith working in love. Faith working in love. Because ultimately, it is not about 
It is not about how much you were active in your calling. It is not about how much you hated the world and how much you ran away from it. Ultimately, we have one question for you. Did you love? And if you can't answer that one, you are in danger of not keeping the faith. When we are done serving, when we are done running away from the world, fighting with the world, the final question we have to ask is this. Is love our overriding factor? And I want to encourage you, for those of you who have issues with love, love is not an emotion. Love is a person. He may express himself through emotions, but he's not an emotion. He's a person. His name is Jesus. There are times you don't have feelings. All you have is Jesus and what he wants you to do, how he wants you to walk. That already is love. Love is not emotion. Sometimes love can manifest through uh, responsibility. Sometimes it can manifest through actions. Sometimes it can manifest through quick thoughts that are, are orderly and positive. Sometimes it can manifest through, you know, thoughtful planning or thoughtful consideration. Love is not necessarily emotions. Love is about Jesus. So if Jesus is wrapping himself around this particular individual, you have to join him not because of you, but because of him. If Jesus is reaching out to this group, you have to reach out to that group and not to do your own things according to your emotions. Love, I repeat, is not an emotion. Love is a person. One of the things I desire for me and also for you is that when you reach that finishing line, you will say with Paul, I finished. I kept. I fought. How did I keep? I did not keep it by suffering and by tolerating. I kept it by love. One of the answers, one of the meaning of the word, uh, uh, of the word uh, that I was telling you, faith works by love, is that you do not just have faith somebody will get saved. You love them enough to believe they will get saved. You do not just have faith so and so will change. You love them enough to see them changing. So what goes ahead is love, not even faith. Do you know there are people who have been praying for their children to get saved and they believe that they will get saved and they're not getting saved. One day they just drop it down and say, oh Lord, I love my child. And immediately the child is melted and he gets saved. There are many people believing but not receiving, not because their faith is not strong, but because they are not mixing faith with love. Paul says these three must dwell together. You must have hope. You must have faith. But the greatest that will tie them all together is love. The first fruit of the Spirit is love. I can say with all integrity that I have as a man of God, any of you can be as weak as you are. You can have a broken background as it wants to be broken. You can have all the little money or the much money that you can have or not have. But I can assure you, provided you have nothing but love in your heart, 
you will make it to the end. You cannot be learned like so and so, or you can be learned like so and so. You can be this and that. You can be anything the world ever handed to you. But the day you are full of love, my brother, my sister, be assured, you will make it. You will walk to the end. Let me tie it up once again. I've been tying it. Huh? This rope is now tying it and tying it. This rope is tying it. There are three ways to walk with God. And I will just run on it in uh, like three, five minutes. There are three ways to walk with God. One way is like Enoch. You walk with God. You are there walking with him. Another way is to walk before God. Like now he's walking before me. Like Abraham is told, walk before me and be blameless. Okay? So God is watching you as we are walking. Initially, we are talking about Enoch. God is walking with Enoch. But later on, we are seeing the thing changing. Abraham is now walking before God. But there is a more sweet one, which is to walk in God. There is walking with God. There is walking before God. There is walking in God. The two examples of walking with God and walking before God are in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in him we live. Okay? In him we move. In him we have our being. We are walking now in him. And anytime you find, ah, God, where are you? Oh, God, come. Oh, God, oh, God. Make sure you understand that you, are, you have already come out of the New Testament blessing of walking in him. How do you walk in him? By focusing on the person of Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus said, abide in me, John 15, and I in you. Abide, meaning remain. There will be an option to step out, but please remain. There will be an option to give up, but please remain. There will be an option to do plan B. Please remain. When I was a teenager, we had friends with my God. They were tight with Jesus. They were on fire for Jesus. But after 10 years, the story is this and that. Why? It is all in the remaining. It is not in the working. Just remain. Remain in me and I in you. That is your secret. We clear our path tonight. And we decree the world shall not stop us in this path. We clear our path tonight. We decree the good fight, we shall fight it and we shall win it. We clear our path tonight and we decree we shall not just be career people, we shall be called people for you shall hear the voice of God. We clear our path tonight and we decree we shall not just walk having expectations, but we shall walk having faith and love in our hearts and preserving that faith. Though others deny him because of disappointments, though others deny him because of limitations, we shall not deny him. We shall remain in him. And on that day after the walk, we shall be rewarded. Bless us tonight, Lord, and preserve us. Give us strong feet to walk 
Give us firm eyes to see ahead. Let us not give in to the left or to the right. Let us not pay attention to those who hate us or admire us. Let our object be you. Let our obsession be you. Let our vision be you. Lord, be our vision. Be our vision. Be our beginning. Be our end. Let us capture the totality of you. Many of us, Lord, are friends who knew you as the Alpha, but will never know you as the Omega because they will not reach the end. Lord, we pray, may we fulfill the Alpha and the Omega blessing. May we be those who start and those who finish. May we be those who begin with you and end in you. Not in other things, but in you. This we decree in prayer in Jesus' name. God bless you, people. See you tomorrow. Love you.